Cameron and Jake are lifelong friends that love video games, movies, and generally all of nerd culture. Very original, right? Jake, that's me, has recently achieved a dream of mine to move to Japan and teach English, so we stay connected by making this podcast. Each episode, you'll join us as we take a nostalgic look back at the culture that we so love. This is Region Unlocked. Smash Brothers! That, that's a good intro. That is a good intro. Welcome, everyone, to <laughs> Region Unlocked. My name's Cameron. And I am Jake. Jake, how are you doing today? I'm okay, Cameron. How about you? I'm also good. I'm well. Fantastic. It's a great day here in Japan so far. <laughs> oh, good, good. It's a, a great uh, nighttime here in America. Awesome. If you don't know, we just kind of explained it. Jake's in Japan. I'm in America. We're good friends. Some might say best friends. Yes, and we're we doing have this podcast <laughs> to stay connected. So you, let's talk about that. We haven't yeah, really told. Absolutely. We haven't talked about our history here. Our history? Six episodes in. I don't think people okay. really know that much about us. They know you're, true. you're teaching English. I'm teaching engineering. Yes. We're both mm-hmm. very wise and, and great teachers. Yes, and but we how, are so smart. But how did we get here? <laughs> so I wanted to walk us through a, a bit of history about mm-hmm. Jake and myself. So Cool beans. We, I believe, are third cousins. Yes, we are third cousins. But I say believe because nothing about our friendship has been family-related. We've never been at a family gathering that's true for some reason wow. we, it's just it's split up enough that you wouldn't know that we're actually related the only reason yeah, we're close true. is because our moms basically grew up in the same neighborhood and mm-hmm. we're just best friends their whole lives growing up so we would they would meet up as kids and we would have our our play dates and so uh, you've probably noticed a lot of us when when we're talking about a game and we're telling a story it's like, oh, yeah, I was playing it with my friends or I was playing it with my cousin. I was doing this. Rarely have we talked about, like, actually playing it with each other. Now, we have played games with each other, but it it's only like, you know, one or two times a year sometimes growing up mm-hmm. because we didn't live in the same city. So I grew up in a little town called Crawfordsville. He mm-hmm. was in Kokomo. And yes. so we would generally meet up in the middle ground, Lafayette, and hang out at McDonald's or something. Yeah, it was always McDonald's or Pizza King. (laughs) Yeah, so it was actually very rare that one of our families made the whole travel to the other person's city and Mm -hmm. stay the night. So really, I'd say we only got good gaming time like twice a year growing up. Yeah. But not only that, you've actually, just like you've done now, have moved far away multiple times yes since growing up so <laughs> yeah at some point when we were very young i believe uh i was only like six when we visited you mm-hmm. but jake moved to germany and how long were you in germany uh we were in germany for three years so yeah in the late 90s <laughs> so yeah we did not really get to spend any time together then we just did one two-week vacation there at some point to Germany. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually you came back, back to Kokomo, yes. and mm-hmm. then ended up moving down to El Paso, Texas. Mm-hmm. When was yep. that, and how long were you there? That was uh, the early 2000s, and I was there for about five years. Oh, my gosh. Has it really been? I didn't remember yeah. being that long. Yeah, it was it was five years. Um, I was down there for a while. Originally, it wasn't supposed to be that long, but it was. And yeah, <laughs> somehow our friendship has survived through that entire wow. time. We have been very close friends. I didn't, I didn't realize that because we, we barely saw each other in that time. That's true. Uh, well, the thing is, I remember we kept in touch by calling every so often. That's you know right. That? Yeah. I was actually always just, have. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking we would have these really long conversations. Yeah, yeah. And, and the topic was <laughs> yeah, always what? <laughs> well, it was always video games. Yeah. But I remember one time I just got like a bunch of Digimon cards for my birthday. 
mm-hmm. and just spent like 20 minutes reading all these cards to you over the phone. And <laughs> and for some reason, you pretended to be interested that whole time. <laughs> I know I sure would not have been. It's like, yep, that's, that's a card. Yep, that, that sounds like a cool picture. Well, you know, the thing about being a friend, you've got to be excited for your friend no yes. matter what. <laughs> Honestly, I don't remember that. Oh, you don't? <laughs> no, but... Wow, I'm glad that you were excited about that. That's good. Uh, oh, yeah. But then, cool. where where were you living when you graduated high school? Were you back in Kokomo? Yes, I was back in Kokomo. Okay. And then I moved to Muncie to go to college. Yeah, so I went to Purdue. He went to Ball State. And yep. we still saw very little of each other then. It really picked up after we got out of college, really. Yeah. Um, I had you, you were a groomsman in my wedding. And I think mm-hmm. that kind of re-sparked things where we were probably seeing each other at least once every two months yeah maybe even more frequent than that i'd come to your house or your apartment quite a bit yeah i'd say it really picked up probably in the (laughs) the two or three years before you before now before you moved yeah so all that all that to say (laughs) i mean we're even though it sucks we're we're separated we've really kind of been doing it our whole lives which is weird when you think about it yeah, talking about video games, playing <laughs> video games, and, well, just being best friends, pretty much. Yeah. Somehow. So that's kind of how this started, really. Yeah. Region Unlocked. We're many thousands of miles apart, but still staying connected via podcast. It is Keeping pretty up neat. with the times and still being besties. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So that that's a bit of history about us. Yeah. So now you know. Before we start, I'd like to remind you, we got an email address now. So you can, if you got questions, if you want to give us ideas for future episodes, or if you want to share a story about a particular game that you know we're going to talk about, we would love to uh, include you in this. So feel free, email us at regionunlockedpodcast at gmail.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you, talking with you, and including yeah, you. Absolutely. And that's Region Unlocked. Podcast. One word. Yes, Region Unlocked podcast, podcast. One word. All one word. So. All right. Before we dive into uh, what I spoiled at the beginning of this episode. Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what uh, have you been playing recently? I know you last week you talked about some Mario 64, but have you been up to yes. anything else? <clears throat> uh, Mario 64, um, Zelda Ocarina of Time on the N64 as well, by the way. Uh, if you are just tuning in, they're both the Japanese version. I right. just recently got a Japanese N64, and I'm really exploring the cultural differences between the Japanese release and the North American release, which is what we both grew up with. Uh, but I've also been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild and Mario Kart oh, nice. on the train to work. Um, so I actually take a two-hour commute every day one way to my job in Yokohama. I live in Tokyo. And on the train, I typically just play Switch the whole trip. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> so it's been great trying to find all the shrines and getting 100%. I guess the next thing I'm trying to do is trying to get all the Korok seeds. Oh, don't, don't do the wild. that. <laughs> and maybe it's just something to do, you know, yeah, with those that are long tedious. train ride. But yeah, basically find a mountain. <laughs> There's a Korok there. So you were so saying what about you? for your job, you're kind of like a touring teacher. Right, you kind of yes. get shifted around to different schools on occasion. Yes, I'm a I'm a cover teacher. So what I do is I teach English at different branch schools that don't currently have one. So mm-hmm. or, or a teachers say or their um, their teachers taking a vacation, I will cover for them. Uh, right now, the school that I'm at is um, in need of a teacher, so I'm covering as the native English teacher for at least a couple months. Oh, I didn't and realize it was I, months. Yeah, I could be there even longer. But oh. it's been great. I actually really like the school and good. I like the people there. Very good. Um, but yeah, I cover. <laughs> All right. So you're asking me what I've been playing. I've been yes. playing a been playing? stressful nightmare, and that is the Resident Evil 2 remake. Oh my gosh. Xbox. How is that stressful? <laughs> so have you played this game? Resident Evil 2? No, I have not. Did you play the original? The original? Uh, the only ones I've played are four okay. and five. Okay. Yeah, so no, I've, I've watched videos of two, but I've never played it. So, me, I'm, I'm not a horror game or movie type of person, except Resident Evil, I can handle. And, yeah. you know, the first one I played was 
four, uh, I've played four, five, and six, and mm. you know they get progressively more actiony. Resident mm-hmm. Evil Six is a very heavy action game, and I loved four. And this two remake plays a lot like it, but they have just perfected survival horror in this game to where at all times you're barely hanging on to your ammo to where Mm. there's so often where you know you'll come across three zombies with only two bullets and even then zombies are pretty hard to kill like Mm. they will take a few headshots before they go down yes and every shot you miss hurts your heart because it's just like oh my gosh that bullet was so hard to come across and I just put it in the wall (sighs) but it is a good game but last night I was playing and I just I had to I had to stop because it put me in part of the game where I have already been before so I've already scavenged all the ammo and this is not like Resident Evil 4 where like enemies drop ammo when you kill them yeah so I'm running through all these areas with no ammo and there's no ammo to be found because I've already scoured all of it so I'm just trying to run through doors leave zombies behind and then like a liquor will drop from the ceiling it's like oh great this wow. is this is terrible it, it stresses Snap. me out in a, in a very good way but oh that's good I, I suppose but. I would highly encourage it if you like the Resident Evil games but it's just it is hilarious how much things have changed since Resident Evil 4 yeah and Resident Evil 4 back when I played it in like sixth grade that game scared me yeah. and but now yeah. it's just like what was so scary about all those clips of ammo you had Cameron you had so <laughs> much ammo but in Resident Evil 2 I I don't think I've ever even filled my clip on my handgun I get like 20 shots and I'm like oh my gosh I'm invincible I have 20 shots and then Whoa. I fire five straight into a wall when a zombie comes at me and jeez it is it you, is you had so much and you didn't know it yeah and the whole game is played basically in the dark with just a flashlight to see what's going on okay so you never know what's going to be around the corner and that sounds cool yeah i'd, I'd highly recommend it i think you would like it and the Th- resident evil 3 remake comes out here soon okay i'm sure it'll probably be out by the time someone listens to this so uh, maybe, possibly maybe it's just as good <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, check those out. I might have to do that now, too. Yeah. All that to say, I'm excited to when we eventually get to talk about Resident Evil 4 as we make our way up to the GameCube. Oh, gosh. We'll probably have two episodes for that. Maybe two episodes per person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. All right. So, like you heard at the beginning, today we're talking about Super Smash Brothers! Dun, 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 dun. Is, is that, was that a jingle from the game? I don't, I don't think it was. No, that was just like a yay. <laughs> that sounded more like a game show, though. Ding, 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 ding. All right. Yeah, you win for some reason. Yeah, all right. So Let's Super start. Smash Brothers is amazing. It yeah. really, it started something beautiful that we are still enjoying today. With Super mm-hmm. Smash Brothers Ultimate going strong, it will continue to go strong as it can, keeps releasing new characters. But, you know, it all started back in 1999. Mm. I know when, we, when you and I spoke privately, you were saying that you actually don't, you didn't have that much experience with this N64 version. Is that right? Not originally. Yeah, that's correct. I didn't play this game until a little bit later. Okay. Um, and I didn't play as much N64 as I did GameCube and future consoles. But I still played quite a bit of it oh, to okay. be honest i just never owned it i, I played a, a lot though okay so mm-hmm. uh let's, let's talk about what what comes to mind what did you enjoy what stood out about this game when you when you think back to it what i really enjoyed about this was again you had this sense of community when you'd play it with your friends because that was always the best way to play it right um but also you had the uh, the single player which was still pretty fun too it wasn't like mario party where you had to have friends you could still have a lot of fun with single player yeah and i had some options just, yeah it's true and i remember playing link all the time i always had to be link and my favorite level was always hyrule so link was just always who i had to play as uh-huh 
And I would always just love hitting people with the sword, and I never was really good, but it was still fun to play. I sucked at this game, I will admit, and I <laughs> still probably do. Oh, I did too. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I sure, maybe I was good against you, because you were bad too. But <laughs> I, I had these friends growing up, so my mom used to... We, I had these two friends that would come over every day after school, while their mom was still at work, and then she'd pick them up on their way home. And we mm. played Smash Bros. like crazy. And this uh, kid that was about a year older than me, he would just, he would slaughter with Pikachu. It was insane how good he was with Pikachu um, mm. in, my, in my little 1999 brain of, yeah. of how good he was. But it's just like anytime, <laughs> actually still now, anytime someone uses shield, just like, oh yeah. my gosh, you try hard using shield? Because I, I don't, it's just not a muscle memory for me because I never did it because all I ever did was play on the easy mode through uh, the single player. <laughs> Makes you feel so powerful, right? Right. And, but then I'd still fail. <laughs> no, no, no. No failures, <laughs> just solid attempts. Right. So with that, let's uh, dive into some history, some facts about this game, about it being made. Excellent. So the creator of this game is Masahiro Sakurai, which is a gaming prodigy. He loved the idea of video games since he was a little kid, and he claims that all the video games he bought were research. He was researching how to make games, and so eventually he got hired on at HAL Laboratories. So HAL, mm. you, you recognize that little picture at the beginning of Smash Bros of a dog with... yeah. With what eggs under him, or are they? Yep, the, he's. Are, <laughs> yep, there's <laughs> eggs under him. He, okay. He's on a nest. He's incubating the eggs. Okay, so there we go. We got Hal Laboratories, and he started out making Kirby. I won't go mm. into the history of Kirby. There's some good stuff there, but after he spent so much time doing that, he was told, "Okay, let's let's try something new." So he wanted mm. to make a fighting game. And initially, this fighting game was pretty generic, other than, you know, the style of what Smash Bros. is. So, you know, the platforming, mm-hmm. the knocking people off the edge, and things like that. Yeah. You know, that, that's brand new. Fighters have never been that. Fighters have been, you know, what you see in the arcade. Yeah. It was just called Dragon King, the fighting game, in English. Oh, okay. Probably my favorite part here is it was originally, like, they just nicknamed it Pepsi Man is what they would refer it to because <laughs> Pepsi Man. these original 3D models looked a little similar to the Japanese Pepsi Man advertisement. Pepsi Man <laughs> is the greatest thing I've ever stumbled upon on YouTube. <laughs> And, and in my research. So have you heard of Pepsi Man? Uh, I have not heard of Pepsi Man, <laughs> okay. ironically enough. I need to check this out. So Pepsi Man. Pepsi Man is, again, it's amazing. Essentially, listeners, he is, he kind of looks like the Silver Surfer. He's like all metallic-y, <laughs> except he has no facial features. It's just like a perfectly round, blank face. In the commercials, it's people that are like in need of a Pepsi. And <laughs> he comes like sprinting down the street and like comes to where they need Pepsi and then he has this little round creepy mouth that opens up and it makes like this loud fizzing sound like a like a Pepsi fizzing and then the people have Pepsi in their hand like yay and then he like takes off to leave and will like crash into a window or something he just he does some sort of physical comedy every time Oh my goodness this sounds incredibly Japanese It's so Japanese but that's the thing watching these commercials there's Japanese, uh, you know, like voiceover and text, mm-hmm. but everyone in it is as white as can be. It's like there's no yeah. actual Japanese people like in these commercials. It's like where was this filmed, and why wasn't why didn't we get to see it if it was like <laughs> if these are Americans in the commercial? <laughs> but that's funny. It also has an amazing theme song, which I'm sure you can hear playing right now. But anyway, so oh I was talking gosh. to Jake earlier. He goes on these 
these game hunts around Japan for to find some bargain price games. Yes. There is a Japanese only Pepsi Man game on PlayStation One. <laughs> and okay. it looks really hilarious. I think you should try to find it if it's cheap yes. while you're out there. I will go on a hunt for this game. Pepsi Man on PS One. Uh, everyone, as soon as this is over, go to YouTube, type in Pepsi Man commercials and watch them. I will do that, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> and you're welcome. All right, so let's get back into it. The okay. the character models, they looked like Pepsi Man. They were very generic. And Sakurai, he, he mm-hmm. knew, especially for a home console game, they need more interesting characters as opposed to an arcade where you go there really for the fighting mechanics and the characters themselves aren't as important. Yeah. So at this time... Sakurai, he's working on game design and graphics, while Satoru Iwata, who was the president of HAL Laboratories at the time, who later became the president of Nintendo, yes, uh, he was handling the programming. So they're pitching ideas, you know, how, how do we make this more interesting, less boring characters? So Sakurai thought, let's use Nintendo characters. And he went and met with Shigeru Miyamoto, and pitched him this idea. And Miyamoto was, he was not for this. He did not want to see his beloved really? characters kicking the crap out of each other. So wow. Sakurai went back to Iwata and didn't tell him this. And instead, they went ahead and made a prototype anyway. So they made a prototype featuring, it was Fox, Mario, Samus, and Donkey Kong. And okay. put things together pretty well. Took it back to Miyamoto. And then he he's like, okay. I approve. This is cool. <laughs> so it's just hilarious that he was told no and then lied about it and it made it happen. Wow. A little bit of shadiness <laughs> to get you up in in the in the world. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. That's like a dramatic story right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the game got made very successful, came out in nineteen ninety nine and just Three months after the launch, Sakurai was already working on the prototype for Melee that would later come out on the mm. GameCube. Yeah, that didn't come out much later, did it? That was a little bit... Um, was it like 2001, 2002? Yeah, I believe it was 2001. I, I remember hearing about it like almost right after, or it seems like almost right after the first Smash Brothers came out. So that's most of the, the facts I got about it being made. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the game itself and the facts about the characters. So first off, mm-hmm. from the beginning of the game, there's only eight characters unlocked. Mm-hmm. And a fun fact is that they're actually all listed chronologically by their gaming appearance. Mm. So we've got Mario and Donkey Kong first, which came out okay. in 1981. And yes. then Lincoln Samus which was 86, Yoshi, 90, Kirby, 92, Fox, 93, and Pikachu, 96. Okay. And so that also held true for the unlockable characters. They were listed chronologically with Luigi in 83, Captain Falcon, 1990, Ness in 94, and then Jigglypuff, also in 96 with Pikachu. Okay. So those are the characters. If you can only pick two as your as your favorites what's your top two characters my top two is easily link and mario those are the characters i play the most as Mm -hmm. and i probably got the best with them so i understand link link was also one of my favorites yeah why mario because i think i just i've always liked mario yeah i mean that makes (laughs) sense to be honest, I just always liked Mario, so I always went straight to him, just like I always went straight to Mario for Mario Kart and Mario Party, just because Yeah, it was Mario. All right, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say Link and Samus is who I played with the most. I really like okay. Samus just for uh, being able to charge up her, her cannon, being her up B doing the screw attack, mm-hmm. and fun fact, she is the only female in the game now some oh. might might consider oh, yeah. jigglypuff to also be female but really pokemon they go either way they're kind of gender non-specific until you check their pokedex entries yeah <laughs> okay yeah i remember you being really good with samus 
Thank you. Yes, I do remember that. I remember getting slaughtered by you <laughs> as Samus. So, yeah, there's my memory. <laughs> <laughs> and so let's talk about the unlockable characters. Mm. So I, for the longest time, for a very long time, could only unlock Captain Falcon and Jigglypuff because they're super mm-hmm. easy. Jigglypuff, mm-hmm. all you had to do was beat classic mode. And then Captain Falcon, you had to beat classic mode in under 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Pretty doable. Okay. But Ness, I, don't, I was just bad at this game. Ness, you had to beat the game on normal with three or fewer lives. That took me a while to be able to pull off. So, you, But you eventually did, right? Oh, yes, of course. Okay. And then, <laughs> But I do think Luigi was the hardest. To unlock him, you had to beat all the main characters break the targets levels. Yeah. And those are pretty tough. The hardest one, I believe, was Yoshi's. Because Yoshi's, you had to pull everything off correctly, and then at the end, basically you had to be off the level, but then aim an egg up to hit a target like as you fell, and hopefully hit the target before you died. And that took me forever to be able to do. Yeah, that sounds tough. Oh my gosh, you get all the targets and then boom, you mess that up. You have to do the whole thing over again. Oof, that's (laughs) unforgiving. Yeah, it was very satisfying to to unlock all those characters. Awesome. You eventually got it. Unfortunately, that was back before you had like achievements or unlockables, right? Hey, I achieved it in my heart. That's all I need. (laughs) Hey, that's the most important achievement right there. So... There was also other characters that were supposed to be in this game. Bowser and King DDD were, I believe, mm-hmm. like in the prototyping stages, but ended up needed, they just had to be cut due to time constraints. Okay. And I believe Mewtwo was also supposed to be in this. But oh, no kidding. I don't think they got as far with Mewtwo as they did with Bowser and King DDD. Other characters, Sakurai, he, was, he really wanted to put Marth in this game. Marth later okay. showed up in Melee, but his thought was, you know, most of these characters, they're, they're fighting by punching, with Link being the only person with a sword. So he mm-hmm. wanted to add some variety to the sword play, which okay. is kind of ironic because now there's so many sword wielders in Smash Brothers <laughs> Ultimate that it's kind of a meme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really fought to try to get Marth in there, but really they were, they were under time constraints. And this is a cool fact I didn't know that most of the unlockable characters are only in the game because they reuse assets that are already there. So, for example, Captain Falcon, he's pretty much the same character model as the original Pepsi Men that were in the game. Just kind of reskinned. I see. So he still uses the same, like, posture and animations that they did. Okay. Uh, Luigi, obviously, is just like a stretched out Mario while Jigglypuff yeah. is very similar to Kirby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ness, uh, I don't know what... Th- I think Ness is just a, his own character. He's not based off anything, but... Yeah, he's kind of unique. Yeah. Speaking of Ness, Ness, when he when he was unlocked, we didn't really understand in this game what a smash attack was, where you, you, know, you press over and A at the exact same time. Yeah. He has some of the more unique smashes, where uh, his right smash is... His home run bat, down down and up smash are his yo-yo. And we always really struggled trying to figure out how how do you make, how do you use this bat? Because we would just kind of randomly do it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I remember even looking in a strategy guide, like in Walmart, and trying to understand what it was telling me. It's like, but I I do press over and and A at the same, when I'm fighting. (laughs) But like, I didn't get that you had to do it at the same time. Okay. But his smash attacks are pretty great. I was playing today and pretty much wrecked on easy because easy is the only way I know how to play that game. (laughs) Well, plus Ness is kind of overpowered or people consider Ness's yo-yo attack to be a little bit overpowered in this game. I'd say so based off what I saw today. Yeah, you can really do some damage. All my friends that I played against with Ness, they would just spam that OP attack and it was no fun to play anymore. (laughs) Well, it's got, it's got a nice range that not a lot of characters yeah. have. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. All right, some other facts about the characters. This was the first 
3D appearance of Samus, Kirby, and Ness. It was also Samus and Ness's only appearance on the N64, although Ness hasn't really appeared on anything else since outside well, of Smash Bros. Well, besides Earthbounds. Right, but that's where he's like, from. Yeah, that's what he's from. But besides Smash Brothers, the series, I can't think of much either. And this is interesting. I'm pretty sure that, I mean, this is Samus's only appearance, meaning that Samus went from Super Metroid to Metroid Prime. Like, there's mm. nothing in between that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow, that really was a resurgence, wasn't it? Metroid yeah. Prime being a huge 3D first-person shooter on the GameCube. Right, so Metroid Prime is is to Metroid as, like, Ocarina of Time is to Zelda, where it's just kind of, it's mind-blowing how they're able to pull that off in 3D. Wow, no kidding. I wonder if, I wonder if Smash Brothers kind of gave uh, Samus a bit of a... A new life. You know, like a, a new life. <laughs> Yeah, like a <laughs> to boost put in gaming popularity, terms. a yeah, second breath. I agree with that because I had no idea who Samus was when I played this for the first time. Mm. It's like, oh, who's this cool guy? This cool robot guy? Oh, it's oh, not like, a guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not a guy. So Smash Brothers, I enjoyed this game, especially <laughs> on Hyrule, but not the Tornado. Not the tornado, which is weird because it's based off of Ocarina of Time. Where is there a tornado in Ocarina of Time? Why is that there? Wait, there's... No, there is no tornado in Ocarina of Time. No. <laughs> Maybe it was just thrown in there to kind of break the monotony of just having a flat stage, you know? It's oh, not yeah. Nintendo without a quirk, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, no, there's no tornado in Ocarina of Time. <laughs> Moving on. Speaking of stages, the N64, we've got hardware restrictions. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot going on on these screens. We've got to make a level that's got moving parts. We've got to have four characters. We have to have items that are happening. So because of that, level designers needed to keep everything in total. Like the total polygons on screen needed to be around 150 polygons. Good gosh. And that's, that's so low. It's, it's incredibly low. To give you some comparison, that's about a fifth of the polygons used in Mario's Super Mario 64 character model. Uh, wow. And if you, you pull up a comparison of Mario in Mario 64 and Mario from Smash Bros, mm -hmm. and it's, it's like night and day. It is crazy how bad they look in Smash Bros. But yeah. it's all excusable because it's fast action at a distance, and you can't really tell until you like pause and zoom in just how low the polygon count is on them it's crazy yeah no kidding let's talk about story mode and kind of hmm. the game itself so yes. When you start the game, you get a little cutscene of Master Hand playing with, looks like, models or toy versions of the characters. Yeah. So, what do you think this means? Is there some sort of deeper story at play here? Maybe the whole game is just a representation of some kid playing and fighting with Nintendo action figures. Yeah, I think that's the implication. <laughs> And then Master Hand, the one who controls everything, also the final boss, is ultimately what controls them. Yeah. I mean, that's like really deep and crazy. But... <laughs> I don't think it's that deep. I think that's exactly what's happening. However, <laughs> there is, uh, if, if you've ever watched Game Theory, the YouTube channel, he does a really good video about who the hand is. Mm -hmm. And there's a very convincing theory that it actually is Masahiro Sakurai. Like, it represents Ooh. him and his childhood. And it's actually a very deep theory, which I don't... I think it's a little too deep to where it's like... I, a lot of this is good, but I don't know how spot on that is. But go watch yeah, Game Theory I, if you haven't. <laughs> I doubt that the developers put that much time and effort into thinking about the <laughs> backstory for Master Hands. Right. But then again, I don't know, for sure. <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, then as you play classic mode, 
It runs you through a string of challenges. They're the same every time. Mm-hmm. You fight Link, you fight Yoshi Team, Fox, then you do Break the Targets. Mm-hmm. You do the Mario Bros, which, fun fact, you get, this is the only time a unlockable character shows up in the game because Luigi is in this. So you get to see Luigi well before you actually unlock him. Mm. Yeah. Then we've got Pikachu, Giant Donkey Kong, Land on the Platforms, mm-hmm. the Kirby Team, Samus, Metal Mario, Race to the Finish, Fighting Polygon Team, and Master Hand. Let's back up a little bit. Uh, there's a few I wanted to talk about. So mm-hmm. let's see. Yeah. Link, Yoshi Team, Fox. Those are all kind of straightforward. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So Giant Donkey Kong. That one's fun because you get Giant two teammates as you fight him. Yeah, yeah. And he's pretty hard to knock back, and he absorbs mm-hmm. a lot of blows. Eventually, you can clear him off the stage once you've, you've got his percent up to like 250% or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kirby team is pretty neat because each Kirby that drops is powered up as one of the characters in the game, yeah. so they all have different attacks. Samus, I do not like this map where you fight Samus on. Okay. Just because so much of it is you can't actually clear them from dropping off the stage. Because mm-hmm. once they drop off the stage, they hit like lava and fly back up. Yeah. So you pretty much have to yeah. do like a full screen clear to win this level. And it just kind of takes a while to get to that point. Oof. So yeah, I don't even like that level in, in multiplayer. I got gotcha. you. And some fun facts. So the Metal Mario level, Metal Mario, he he's actually pretty similar to Giant Donkey Kong in that he's mm-hmm. hard to knock back. But if you are able to, to get him off the level, he drops like like metal and yeah. he, <laughs> he falls pretty fast. So he can be easy to kill once you're getting him off the level. But that is a unique level that you only come across in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. Just kind of mm-hmm. a flat platform with one floating platform in the middle and then kind yeah. of like some metal diamondy looking fixtures in the background. Mm-hmm. However, uh, people have found in the code that there are spawn points placed in that map as if it was originally intended to be a multiplayer level but oh. ended up getting cut. Okay. Which is kind of strange when you think about it because it isn't uh, that detailed. Like there's not that much going on. I wonder why yeah, they cut it. That's what a lot of people go for now is a level without much going on so that you've got like an even fight, you know? Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Okay. Then we've got Polygon Team. Polygon Team, you have to fight 30 of them, so it does take a little while. That was and, my favorite level. <laughs> and it's funny because they hurt each other sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> They're not intentionally fighting against each other, but sometimes they do kill each other. Mm. And interestingly, this is Battlefield which Battlefield is actually a pretty iconic level throughout the mm-hmm. rest of the series, but it's not playable in this. I mean, you could argue that Battlefield is kind of replicated in other levels because mm-hmm. the uh, Dreamland, Kirby's level, is essentially mm-hmm. Battlefield with a blustering tree. Yeah. Uh, Yoshi's Island, the pop-up book, mm-hmm. that is also pretty Battlefield, uh, except the platforms are higher than standard Battlefield. But then you fight Master Hand. Master Hand uh, works differently from everyone else. He actually has HP that you're trying to knock down as opposed to yes. raising a percentage. Mm-hmm. And he has more HP based off of the difficulty that you are fighting him on. Mm, yes, and he can be quite a nuisance. He is. He doesn't fly back for anything. You just have to drain his HP while he does whatever the heck he wants. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't react to your attacks. And you have to dodge and dodge and dodge. Yeah. Yeah, he always creeped me out when I was a kid. Why? Like, there's just this floating hands that you have to beat up and it would try to kill you. (laughs) Yeah, he's just... He's weird. Maybe I was creeped out by the fact that he was hard. (laughs) He was (laughs) difficult to beat. And I didn't understand why he wouldn't fly back with my attacks, but whatever. It's in the past. So many things we've talked about, you're like, yeah, that creeped me out as a kid. Yeah, I was a sensitive little child who, looking back, it makes a lot of funny stories. (laughs) So let's talk about the stages. Yes. Peach's Castle. So Peach's Castle, Castle. we've got kind of a floating tower with Mm -hmm. with two levels. The bottom level has a shifting platform that moves from left to right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... 
the top, it's got like a bumper to distract you and some slanted planes that you can bounce people off of. Yeah. Basically, yeah. these they're hard to describe. You just <laughs> hopefully well, people listening know exactly what I'm talking about. It's uh, it's very reminiscent of Super Mario 64. Yeah, and even in the background, it's got Peach's Castle like mm-hmm. from a from a top-down view or like an isometric yep. view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that is the I'd say that's my second favorite level. To oh, be honest. Okay. So why do yep. you like it? Because it looks like Super Mario 64, okay. and <laughs> you could just play on it. I don't know. Yeah. I just enjoyed it. After that, we have Congo Jungle, which is the Donkey Kong theme level. Yeah, mm-hmm. We've got a, a large flat base, two uh, platforms on either side, and then yes. some rotating platforms in the middle. And then underneath it all, you've got a barrel moving back and forth, which you can try to land in if you're about mm-hmm. to die and then launch yourself back onto the stage or launch yourself straight down if you're not paying attention. <laughs> that can be annoying. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a real gamble right there. Unless you know what you're doing and you're paying attention. Yeah. So this level, I feel like this is kind of one of the, the staples. It's appeared in a lot of the other versions of Smash Bros. And mm-hmm. it's just one you, you think of that comes to mind. I would agree. I would agree. Other than that, I don't really have anything to say about it. A lot of shenanigans can happen at once. That's true. <laughs> Up next is Hyrule Castle, which... We Yay. briefly talked about it, it seems to be on the top of a castle. We've mm-hmm. got a little spire in the center with platforms we can climb. We've got a sloped edge over on the left, and we've got a drop down area on the right with another little tower turret mm-hmm. that you can fight around. Yeah. And yes. a random tornado based off of nothing that will very try to random. scoop you up. <laughs> Annoying tornado. <laughs> but this level is super reminiscent of Ocarina of Time. Yeah. So I also said this was one of my favorites. Of It's one of my top two for sure. Mm-hmm. And just it's got good music. It's, it's just good. It's I like the Zelda vibe. It is quite Zelda-like. It is my favorite, without a doubt. Up next is Planet Zebus, which is yeah. the Metroid level I already talked about. Not a big fan mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, it's not as memorable to me either. But I don't have anything against it. It's okay. just a good Metroid level. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's bad. <laughs> so after that, we have, it's called Yoshi's Island, but it, it, I think it should be called Yoshi's Story because it's using the whole Yoshi's Story aesthetic yeah, of a pop-up crafty book. Kind of. Mm-hmm. And it, it plays the same theme song from Yoshi's Story. That makes more sense. Yeah. So they got it wrong or whatever yeah, wiki did. I got this information from got it wrong. Someone didn't think things through. So anyway, pretty standard. We've got three platforms to fight on. That's pretty much all I need to know. After that, we have Dreamland, the Kirby level. Very similar, but the, the platforms are not as high. And you've got a tree in the middle that will sometimes blow you to the left or the right. Yes. I really like this level. For one, the music is great. It's very good fighting intense music. I'm trying to remember the music. Well, oh, that's bad. I can't even think of the track. <laughs> don't remember. Just listen to it playing right now. Ooh, what a nice. good sounding song. That's no, that one that yeah. goes. Yep. <laughs> that's it. Yep, that's it. It's coming right back. All right, good. So, good level. After that, Sector Z, which would later be called Corneria, and has Corneria. been a Definitely Star Foxy, that's yes. for sure. And again, I don't know why this is such a good level. Maybe it's just because... No, I don't know why. This is just... This has always been our go-to level in all Smash it's, Bros. games. It's pretty, like, blank. I mean, it's very standard. You just kind of go across the top of the ship, right? Yeah, I guess because it, it has kind of like these compartmentalized places where you can be fighting. You can be mm. down near, you know, the rockets on the back. You can be... Yeah towards the front you can kind of separate if you're doing a four-player game it's like Mm -hmm. you know two fights are happening at the same time and on melee i feel like this is the only level we ever played oh really yeah i don't i don't know why but everyone loves it that's why it's been in all the games yeah after that is saffron city the pokemon level we're fighting Mm -hmm. on top of some buildings you've got 
a, uh, a door in the center that Pokemon will come out every once in a while and attack you or yeah. give you eggs like Chansey. Or just be there, just to be there. Just to be there. <laughs> and then you've got Pikachu, of course, who's probably fighting and not jumping in and out of the door. True. Uh, not much to say about this level, do you? Yeah, it was not a favorite of mine. <laughs> I never went to it. It's it fine. Was, it was too small. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was too small to do any real fighting on. Yeah. I think especially... So I was playing this today, and the N64 yeah. controller just doesn't hold up when it comes to inputs, essentially. Like, mm. I just... I do not have the precision of, like, landing on platforms and fighting in precarious areas that yeah. I would with a GameCube controller. And so generally okay. I just kind of avoid jumping out to those platforms because it's like I'm just going to accidentally kill myself and yeah. I'm just going to let the fight come to me instead. Good point. So then very last, we have Mushroom Kingdom, which is actually an unlockable level. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of based off of like Super Mario World, the, the old school side-scrollers. We've got a lot of, you know, Mario enemies that we can see in the background. We've yeah. got a warp pipe on either side of the level that a piranha plant will go in and out. Mm -hmm. And that's actually pretty fun. You can stand on that warp pipe and just warp back and forth across the level. But every once in a while, <laughs> it'll spit you out in the pit in the center of the level oh where there's another gosh. warp pipe. This, I have very little experience with this level because okay. I never, I never unlocked it. I played it at a friend's house. Because the way you unlock it is essentially you have to just beat the game with every character. And okay. since it took me forever to unlock Luigi, mm -hmm. I never I never had this level. And so oh, I'm pretty okay. sure I just unlocked it today. Oh, wow. <laughs> when I was playing because I was going through. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Because <laughs> at some point in my nostalgia a few years ago, I just erased the memory on the game. And I was like, yeah. I want to I wanna unlock all the characters again. Okay. So I did that. I don't know if I ever had that level, but I do now. Wow. I, to be honest, I don't even remember the level. Oh. I don't know if I've ever played on that level. So this is all news, and it sounds fascinating. <laughs> it's cool. It's <laughs> Nice. It's one of the, I think it's the only level, yeah. It's the only level where it actually just like infinitely extends to the left and right. So you mm -hmm. could just run and run off the level. That you know that that came became a lot more common in future Smash Bros. games, but this is the only mm -hmm. level in the game where you can do that. Okay, where it's not just a floating platform of sorts. Right. Yeah, you can only gotcha. fall. Yeah, the only way to fall is down the center, but then the okay. rest you get cleared off the side. I see. I got you. But that's it. Interesting. Yeah, this is a lot of stuff that I have to go back and check out. In fact, no, this is a great excuse for me to go out and find the Japanese version. Absolutely. And see what changes. <laughs> See what changes are made in between the, uh, the versions. I'll have yeah. to look out for this one, too. All right, so the last awesome. thing we got to talk about is the items in the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, hardcore fans hate them. People <laughs> like us, we love them. Because they yeah, allow us to weird. win against people who are more technically proficient than we are. Yeah, it doesn't create an even playing... Actually, no, it does create an even playing field, and it makes things random sometimes. Yeah. Create a little handicap. <laughs> there are items in the game that you can pick up, use against your opponents. There's actually not a ton in this game. Let me uh, tell you what those are. I forgot to have those yeah. up. I have my top oh. five. Spoiler alert, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, um, the uh, items alphabetically that show up in this, mm -hmm. we've got a barrel. You throw a barrel, it explodes into other items. The beam sword, which is pretty much a lightsaber. Mm -hmm. The babam, a bumper, a capsule, a crate, an egg, a fan, fire flower, green shell, the hammer, heart container, home run bat, maximum tomato, motion sensor. Okay, there's this list is going longer than I thought. Pokeball. <laughs> and ray gun i think that's it so a solid number of items oh and the no. invincibility superstar yeah a lot of them appear in the future smash brothers games too yes absolutely so one more fun fact i, I just remembered as i was passing the beam sword is that in the japanese version i think unless they ended up changing it so you'll have to confirm this but in the japanese version it has more realistic fighting sounds so oh, yeah. Um, when you would punch and kick, it would make sounds kind of like, you know, when you watch a movie, 
You know, they they add the sound effect of people <sighs> getting punched in the face. Pow, bang. <laughs> Essentially. So yeah, like a kung fu movie or something. Right. Or like so those scene. are the sound effects that are used in the Japanese version. Okay. And apparently the beam sword sounds more lightsabery. Oh yeah. Um, but then in America they needed it to be more kid friendly, so the ah. the sounds are a lot more comical and, and and silly sounding when you hit people. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. I need to find this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see how realistic they are. <laughs> so last week when we did our type our top five, uh, we did our top five Mario Party mini games, and we both. Uh, used the wrong game. He did Mario Party 1, I did Mario Party 2, but we still scored three points due to overlapping minigames. So today we're going to do our our top five items from Super Smash Bros. The way this works, we made a top five list. For everything we have in common, we get one point. For everything that is in the same place on our list, we get three points. Yes. So Let's do this. Go ahead and start (laughs) us off. Jake, what is your number five item? My number five item is, drumroll, the Pokeball. Pokeball, number five. Uh, it is on my list. It is not number five. But what's oh. so great about the Pokeball? Awesome. One point. Uh, the Pokeball is great because you throw it and a random Pokemon comes out that can either assist you or do almost nothing. Or Goldine, assist Goldine? other players. Goldine, like Goldine. Goldine. <laughs> yeah. If you get Goldine, then you're screwed. Nothing happens. Yeah. But Fun sometimes... Fact. After you've, I don't remember what the, I think you have to beat the game or unlock everyone. Anyway, there's a, a 1 in 151 chance that when you throw a Pokeball that Mew will come out. And Mew does oh. nothing as well. Mew just flies out and it's like, whoa, I got Mew. Thanks, Mew. That's, bye. Mew's one that you have to get a picture of, right? Yeah. My number five was the Ray Gun. The is Ray on, Gun. Is it on your list? Uh, it is not on my list. So... I like the ray gun for one. It's just got like a very solid sound to it when you fire it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. You can get pretty good at it, like bouncing your opponents and yes. Basically firing just as they pop up in the air and as they're coming back down, you hit them again and you can just kind of bounce them across the stage. So that was always super satisfying when you pulled that off. You can always you can knock them off, clean off the level too by doing yeah. it right. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> number four. Now, my number four is, drumroll, the heart container. Heart container. I did not think about that as an item, so that's not yeah. on my list. It's all good. The heart container is great, just like the Maxim tomato, because when you eat it, you get a significant amount of percentage down, so you can keep fighting, and everyone always fights over it when it comes out. Well, because the heart takes you all the way to zero. Yes, it does. It's um, the best. The tomato, I, I forget what percentage it takes you down, but it's not all the way to zero. Yes, but it still helps. And the food Absolutely. is not so much, but yeah, it does It does help. Is food in this? Or is food I just in Melee? think... No, there is no food in Smash. No, it's just 64. in Melee. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so my number four is the motion sensor bomb. Ooh, the motion sensor bomb. That's a good one. It's not on my list, though. Because <laughs> this one's always fun just to, to throw down and hope no one sees it and then yeah. get, a, get a surprise kill or significant amount of damage. So fun fact, this motion sensor model is based off of the motion sensor from GoldenEye since it, is, oh, really? it was a Nintendo property at the time. But uh, oh. later, as Nintendo and Rare separated, they had to redesign the motion sensor so it doesn't look the same it's it's a more unique specific to smash bros uh, item later on hmm. in the series wow all right yeah, number that's good three I added that. Jake. number three for me is i'm a big fan of this one it's the fan oh, <laughs> why i love the fan i know it's crazy but there was something so satisfying about just picking it up and going to throw a bunch of damage on someone yeah you could use it really fast yeah, that was actually the first item that I learned about in Smash because when Nintendo Power announced Smash and I saw the fan as a weapon, I thought to myself, what the heck is this? Why can you use a fan as a weapon? That sounds so bad, but I mean, it is depending on who you're fighting as and depending on what your preferences are. But for that reason, I just loved using it because 
I'm hitting someone with a fan, and that's funny and unique. I never touch that. I <laughs> never used it unless I accidentally pick it up, and then I immediately throw it at somebody. And that's also a great reason that works. to use it, throwing it. All right, my number three was the Pokeball, which we covered. What is your number two? My number two is the Beam Sword. Hey, three points. Yay. Me too. Three points. Awesome. Why the beam sword? sword? Well, as you similarly talked about, it's a beam sword. It's (laughs) kind of a lightsaber, and it's cool. And there's something fun about using a lightsaber. It's got a decent range. Yeah. Yeah, it's got decent range, and it's powerful. So, yep, that's my number two. All right. For our number one, I'm afraid I know what you're going to say, and I don't think it's mine. All right, what is it? My number one is the hammer. No! I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> did I prove your theory? Yes. You did. So I actually thought the hammer was too cheap to put on the list. Oh, really? Okay. So I didn't that, use that's it. Fair. So my number one is, I guess it can also be cheap, is the home run bat. Oh, yeah. However, the home run bat, it does, it takes some strategy and skill because it's got a long wind up where mm-hmm. you can be attacked or they can dodge it. Yeah. But it sounds awesome yeah. when you hit somebody. And it's pretty much an automatic kill. And for the longest time, this was the same thing with smash attacks. We did not understand how how to use the hammer correctly. Or sorry, the home run bat. Yeah. But once we figured it out, it's glory. And once you get that timing down, it is so satisfying. Yeah. It just takes some skill. But yeah, you've got you've got a great item there. I was considering putting that on my list, but the hammer, yeah, it's cheap, it's <laughs> overpowered, and it's terrible, but it's so glorious at the same time. I will say that I like the hammer because of just the intensity that it brings, where as soon as it pops up, everyone is rushing for the hammer and, and fighting each other for it. Yeah, so that, that is a fun aspect of the fight. The instant it gets grabbed everyone's running away as fast as they can. Yep. But once you've got the hammer, you really can't do much except jump and move left and right. It's yeah. not, there's not much you can do. I mean, what else do you want to do? You're getting, you're cleaning up the kills, man. Yeah, cleaning up the kills. If you can hit someone, because they've got a lot more range of movement than you do when you have the hammer. True, it depends on the level. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a total of four points, which is yeah. pretty good. That's better than normal. We is, we are not very good at this. I don't know if it's our <laughs> record, but because I'm pretty sure hey. when we did the N64 episode, we, we shared more games in common on that list. That's true. That's true. But. I'm sure we will eventually get some pretty solid points yeah. once we keep doing this. One of these days, we'll find the perfect category. It will happen. Maybe Resident Evil 4 when we talk about that eventually. We'll see. We'll see. Potentially. Yeah. But anyway, just something fun to look forward to. All right, everyone, that is Super Smash Brothers. Uh, Hope you enjoyed it. Hope we talked about things that you love and remember. You should, uh, after this is over, go watch some Pepsi Man commercials. Yeah, please do. I'm going to be doing that. (laughs) And also, don't forget about the original Smash Bros. commercial of the mascots frolicking in the field. (laughs) Yes. And then just randomly turning on each other. It's such a good commercial. It is a classic. It comes straight to mind. And that's the song that was in my head before we did this episode. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) Maybe that's, uh, I'll put as the outro to this episode. Oh, that's a great idea. (laughs) You should totally do it. Put it as the intro as well. And then they'll hear about this and then they'll be like, eh, that's why they got that idea. It came full circle. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Uh, So remember, if you want to get involved, email us at regionunlockedpodcast at gmail.com. All one word. And uh, get involved. Give us some good feedback. Hope you enjoy it. And that is it for Region Unlocked this week. My name is Cameron. And I am Jake. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Have a good one. Sayonara. Bye. To think about the girl you love and hold her tight. So happy together. If I should call you up, invest a dime. Say you belong to me Lose my mind Imagine how the world could be So very fine So happy together